Good morning. It is Monday, December 6th, 7.43 a.m. I hope y'all had a good week. I know I did. It was very busy. Lavinia is in, I wouldn't say it's rare form because she's like this all the time, but especially now, right now, she's <clears throat> demanding a lot of attention. Um, yeah. So she's purring and, but she's also angry, which is kind of weird. <laughs> um, she wants me to give her a fourth helping of treats. And I just, I feel like if I give her that fourth helping, she's just going to keep asking for it. <laughs> hey there. Hey there, beautiful. Mommy loves you. Um, she has been trying to bulk up for the winter so she's eating way more than usual which is saying a lot um she ate all the pate off my cracker yesterday and it was a big cracker um she just ate it all off i was going to give her a little nibble and she just i just ended up giving her the whole damn thing um she's a growing girl yes so anyway here she comes. Um, <clears throat> I'm keeping the focus on you, Lavinia. Don't worry. Um, yeah, the shop has been crazy busy. Um, I got some very heartwarming feedback about some handmade items that I made. Um, I got the feedback from the customers who purchased them. Um, earlier in the week, the woman who bought my blanket coat wrote me and told me that she felt like it was made for her and that it fit her beautifully and she loves it. And that was just like, that made my day. I think I'm still living for that, um, for that, that sweet message. And then last night, the woman who bought the wings of love sweater from me, um, told me that she just feels honored to wear it and it will be used in a ceremony for her marriage to herself, um, which I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I'm glad it's being used for such a special occasion. And that also really warmed my heart. Um, because you know, like when you're, when you put, when you make a handmade item or, or just anything like, you know, whatever your craft is or your field that you're in, like, and it's all on you. Like sometimes in the back of my head, especially if it's a one-off, like this insecurity is waiting in the wings to, um, basically just like nitpick and find flaws. And part of that can be a good thing because I will do like major quality control before I ship out. Um, but, you know, you're just praying that they like it when they get it and that it fits them. And it just feels so good to know that people love the items. It really does. It's heartwarming. And I work I work really hard to, to achieve that for people. Um, and it, it also motivates me to want to make something else, which I have. I always have something on deck. So after I'm done shipping today, I'm going to work on the Brigadoon skirt which will actually be kind of more like a harnessed you know kind of more like a harnessed pinafore thing um 
So yeah, that feels really good. I had a mildly stressful moment earlier in the week because I made these cockroach earrings and they almost all of them sold except for one pair. And as I was, let's see, how do I put it? As I was doing quality control on, I was just like double checking the earrings. I got a sale and somebody bought two of them. And then I, I realized that the glue I was using, the E6000 Bondo rubber, whatever it is, it wasn't like things were popping off of the of the earrings, like the earring back, and I I was just like, oh my god, oh my god, uh, <laughs> mildly stressful because like I know there's a solution. I know that there's always going to be a stronger glue, and I ended up using two part epoxy. Um, it's the Gorilla two part epoxy. You can get it at uh, Cole Hardware, and also Blick sells it. It looks like a like a double like squirt gun syringe thing. And you, it's real easy to use. You just squeeze the amount that you want into your staging area and you mix it really fast for like 20 seconds. And then you plop it onto the area that needs gluing. And that stuff, that holds, that holds like a charm. One pair is going to France. <laughs> and I would just be mortified if... Uh, you know, someone was at the cafe and it fell into their cappuccino. <laughs> Garçon, there's a roach in my cappuccino or something. <laughs> like I was having some funny, um, you know, scenarios. But yeah, thank you for hearing this mundane part of my life. But um, yeah, making the handmade items, it does take up a large portion of my life and I like it like that. Um, sometimes I think about like, you know, my future and everything. And I really, I really would love to just donate, you know, devote my whole life to just making handmade items and, and designing and giving myself more time and space to think of things. Cause I can just, you know, I will like jot down a, a, like, you know, a rudimentary sketch here and there while I'm shipping or something if it comes to me. But man, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard because I don't, I love selling vintage and finding vintage clothing and repairing it and stuff. So we'll see what the future holds. But man, that would be amazing to just be fully sustainable on handmade items. And I want to talk a little bit about sustainability to um before I get before I get ahead of myself because I feel like it's something that is on everyone's minds right now um <clears throat> for those of you who are listening and that's like not sustainability is like not really a word that you think about or use what I understand the general basic definition is you can make a living off of it and it supports you in, in, a, in a meaningful way. That's sustainability. Um, that means like if you have a job that pays you, you know, to cover your, your basic needs, but you have no free time to have a life and it affects your health and it wears you down, then that job is not sustainable because 
<clears throat> if your job is like killing you or hurting you, then that, that is not sustainable. Um, and if you have a job that is really cool and, you know, it involves, you know, engaging the senses and you're very, you know, you're very good at what you do, but you're not being compensated properly so you can actually earn a living, then that job is not sustainable either. Um, I've done both um, at the same time. <laughs> um, as a workaholic, it's the workaholic blues, you know. Um, but I also want to talk about sustainability and privilege, too, because I feel like there's a lot of people out there who haven't had the same opportunities that I have had um, to be sustainable. And a lot of that has to do with how people judge them. Um, it has to do with society's, quote, standards. Um, it has to do with who is opening, who's the gatekeeper opening the doors to let them in to have the opportunities. So, um, you know, I can, I am very grateful for what I have and, and the chances that I've had to achieve those goals. But when we are, we who are sustainable and have sustainability and have that luxury and that privilege to be sustainable and to quote, follow our bliss, we have to be mindful of people that have those doors and those little windows of opportunity shut on them constantly. Um, it could be just for being black. It could be for being trans. Um, it could be for just location, living in a, a weird neighborhood where there's like a food desert and like nobody goes to it. Um, all those, all those factors, you know, it could be like they have different physical abilities. Um, they have different neuro, like a, you know, a, a different neurological makeup that makes their, you know, that is not the same as what quote normal is. Sustainability should be for everyone. And you got to take a look if you're a sustainable business, if where you are in your community is displacing people from their sustainability and their ability to follow their bliss and their ability to have a chance to be sustainable too. We have to look at that and factor that into what defines sustainability. Um, I, I do think about this a lot because the mission, like especially on Valencia Street, is super, super gentrified. And have coffee one moment. Super gentrified, and it pushed a lot of people out. It pushed out a lot of mom and pop businesses um, to make way for other small businesses that are fancier and more white and, you know, more boutique and run by people with freaking master's degrees and stuff. Um, and, you know, they had, you know, the chance to go all over the world and source their items and, 
you know, they went on this like life-saving, fact-finding ayahuasca mission and the concept for, you know, their gourmet jelloteria um, came to them and they just had this vision and they needed to be on Valencia Street. And, you know, it's like, examine the sustainability of that um, and who you bring into your fold. I think about that a lot. I think about that um, because I want my business to be built for expansion, which means visualizing the business growing in some way and how, how like shaping that growth and what that growth looks like is very important. Um, and that's why I am passionate about making handmade items. Um, because I, I don't think I should be contributing to mass production, you know, um, there's so many things, there's so many factors, and it's just a lot to chew on. Thanks for listening to it. But I really do think about it a lot throughout the day um, because I'm doing something that's sustainable. Um, when I first started doing Opium Den, it was with Taylor, and I was in a business partnership with this woman in her vintage store and it was not harmonious um and it it actually caused me a lot of pain and stress that's a different episode maybe a never episode um so me and taylor partnered up and that that was great um she went eventually went on to other pastures after about a year to go back to school um But at the time, when it first started, I was working four jobs. I was working at a weed place. I was working at a salon. At nighttime, I did the door for this, for the beauty bar on their hip hop nights. Um, And I was also working estate sales on the weekends in the daytime. It was a lot of fucking work. And I was just trying to make ends meet. And I was trying to start this business too. And not just trying, I was thinking about starting my business all the time. And, you know, me and Taylor just kind of kept feeding it, feeding the business. And, you know, it wasn't bringing in very much money at all. At first, it was like a planting a little seed. And then eventually I quit every job except for the weed place. And I worked, I ended up working there like a total of two years while I was still feeding opium dens, still feeding it and feeding it and feeding it. And then one day in June of 2018, I was able to basically just quit the weed place, which was great, and just do opium den full time. But in order to sustain Opium Den, I also had to do tarot, which have to. I love doing tarot. But yeah, I opened up my tarot practice to the general public. So I was doing tarot readings on weekends and then doing the Alameda flea market a few times a year. And then pop-ups, every pop-up opportunity, I was doing that. And then one day I got so busy with Opium Den I quit the tarot place. I quit doing tarot. 
And I still do occasional readings every now and then uh, for friends and clients or client friends are all the same. Um, and then the business grew even more and I stopped doing flea markets. And that was actually kind of around the time of the pandemic, which was funny um, <laughs> because I couldn't do them anymore anyway. And um, so now I'm just doing opium den 25 seven and I'm selling more handmade items. And then I'm thinking, okay, what's the next step? I would love to just do the handmade items full time. I have drawn little doodles of how I want my life to be. And I visualize this fun living space, of course. Um, and that's like a little loft or something. And then adjacent to that is my workshop slash, slash atelier. So people can come and visit me and, you know, while I'm working, they can say hello after making an appointment and me approving the appointment. Um, and yeah, just working. And then I would also like to have a log cabin really bad. So, um, if anyone knows of a chance for me to live in a log cabin that has running water and indoor plumbing, um, I would love that too. So yeah, that's what I'm really working towards. And I've had, I've had those, those goals in my head for a long time, but you know, there were times like when things were super, super unfabulous, like when I was working the four jobs that even doing what I'm doing now seemed <clears throat> it seemed impossible. It felt there was a there was a little tiny thing in you know nagging at me that would tell me, "Will you ever get there?" You know? Will you ever get to where you want to be? Will your business ever make a living for you or will you just always be working your ass off till the day you die for other people? working for jobs like it would sometimes feel like that and when but my Pentecostal side would be like I rebuke that in the name of Jesus get thee behind me or whatever um and I would also just be like I can't think about that right now I I really love the business I really love the business I'm going to just keep doing it until I can until I can do it and it seemed like it took forever, but it actually didn't take that long. Um, and I've learned so much about life. I've become more deeply connected to my friends all over the country. And I've made some really beautiful connections with other vintage dealers and antique dealers. And it's just been lovely. And... And it's worth it's worth all the all the work, and you can kindly lay your self doubt to rest today if you're feeling like unsure of your future because things are scary. We're in some scary times right now. If you're feeling unsure of your future, just take the reins and don't let go of your vision. Don't let go of 
of what you want to achieve in this life. You're meant to, to achieve and you're meant to, to grow and to expand. Um, speaking of cool connections, I have been making a really good connection with Kevin and Steve. Kevin and Steve, they have these monthly outdoor sales at 17th and Guerrero, so right near the 500 Club. And Steve is the elder, and Kevin is the younger. Um, There's about a 50-year age difference between them, and they are business partners. And they go around the city braving exposure sometimes probably and they snatch up all the deals and plus Stephen has an insane collection of beautiful things and they're both visual merchandisers that's what they that's how they met each other I believe and they have since become friends and also business partners and they sell the most amazing things to me and I am so grateful that I met them. And you know, like when you meet a new friend or when you meet a new person and you're like, you're so excited that you met somebody that likes something that you like, that you just kind of like go overboard. That's how I felt. I had to stop myself because Steven loves photographing dolls. And that, that was one of my old hobbies was doll photography, um, we just love, we love the same movies. Kevin also is very gracious and knowledgeable as well. And I was like, I had to stop myself because I realized that I might've been just being really annoying and like, oh my God, I'm so happy that somebody likes the things I like. Um, part of that is being cooped up and not being able to see people very often. And I was like, I had to stop myself. I was like, I can't believe it. I've just, I said, you know, I'm just so happy that I met you guys. Um, But yeah, I've been to three of their big sales and have really scooped up some nice things for the customers. Every single thing that I get from them, the customers love. So if you live in the city, the last sale was on Saturday and they're probably going to do it again next month if everything goes well with reopening. Um, but yeah, send me a text if you want to know a little bit more or need a reminder. Um, I go every every time the sale's there on my way to Japantown on Saturdays. Um, but yeah, there are lots of delightful people out there in thank goodness for technology so we can connect with them in these strange times such a strange such a strange like bizarre dark ages we're in um (laughs) it's so weird everything is so strange in some ways I wish I was a kid so I wouldn't know about all the all the stuff I know but also being a kid at this time would suck because I'd be double homeschooled. (laughs) Um, Anyway, thanks for listening to this. Um, If you guys have any interesting insight about sustainability or like 
following your dreams or anything like that, feel free to reach out, uh, send me a text or a direct message. I'd love to chat with you guys about it. All right. I got to start shipping. Take care. Bye-bye.